back once again. It feels like we never left. This is Greg, Jay and Jeff here for the Practical Scouter. Howdy. Is it still winter? It is. Oh. There's a foot of snow. There's a foot of snow in front of my house, and there was two feet of snow behind my house. I think it has to do with where the house is located, but so I think the sky was the same in both locations. <laughs> Yes, a fair amount of wind with this one. Yeah, there was, and and yet, you know, for a change, no power outages. No, at least none that I heard of. None none that bothered me anyway. Yeah, exactly. A few of our, a few of my customers had some problems, and of course, we get all the alerts and all the networks are down and stuff. So that's always fun. There's nothing we can do about it, but that's uh, that always. You get the uh, you get the phone going off with the you have network outages for your clients. Uh, I was just happy to wake up in the morning and, and still have lights and, and whatnot. Cause and, and heat. Well, and heat. <laughs> yes. Because the last one was, was not good. Oh, yeah. You were out for a while. And then they teased you. They brought it back on for, what, 10 minutes and then it went out again? Yep. Yeah, we were out for a total of eight days last time. Seven days and then on for an hour and then off for the longest 24-hour period of my life. <laughs> because I had just finished telling the kids See, it wasn't that bad. Everything's fine again. We're back. We put help me put away all the extension cords. <laughs> we got everything real. And as soon as we were done with all that, boo, power gone. Yeah, that was unpleasant. I um, and they all blamed me because I was the one talking about how it wasn't so bad. And if I was witty enough, because you and I were texting at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And if I was witty enough, I would have gone over to your house and turned the power off, and and had it. You know, just you know, hit the hit the box on the outside of the house, but uh, well, if I recall correctly, I did accuse you of being of being. I think you did. Uh, yeah, you, you were yeah. wondering. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my, my 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 wits were at their end at that point. So I was I would have I would have lashed out at anyone <laughs> you happened to be a convenient target. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know if you own any firearms, and I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Um, and uh, for those of you that are outside of this particular part of the world, you tend not to talk about that kind of thing. You know, guns, guns are not a, well, whatever. That's a whole nother topic, right? Yeah. Whole right. Topic. yeah. All right. yeah I, I would just hit you with a piece of firewood. That's, that's the mm. part of the world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, so this episode is probably publishing in January of, of the year we'll just refer to as thank God it's not 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so I just ran a couple of quick numbers here and up until this point, we'll have a few more episodes to publish in 2020. But when you include those in, we will have put out there a little over 900 minutes worth of content. So just over 15 hours of content across 35 episodes. Nice. Wow, that's uh, great. That's a lot of chitter-chatter. Yeah, exactly. And people are even listening, which is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. They are. They are. We have listeners. We have, what did I say the number was? 1,600 downloads. And that's, yeah, that is is great. That's something to be uh, proud of. I'm I'm proud of you both. Um, This is is neat stuff. Happy to be part of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Yeah. But it's probably David, you know, the the commissioner, David... (laughs) downloading it, it probably is it's but that's okay we'll take it that's fine that's I'm, I'm yep in. yep we'll take it i i only wish we had given these numbers to roger before his 
his retire our 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 district executive who we've mentioned previously who recently retired he was driving to florida he could probably listen to our entire catalog twice during that drive if he just played them on a loop because who wouldn't want to do that that's right he's driving down with his daughter so my guess is she would veto that pretty quickly yeah can't, can't say i blame her <laughs> We're driving away from scouting, Dad. Why are we playing more scouting That's things right. in the car? Well, I thought you retired. <laughs> well, he can, he can play his own episode in a loop, and we we do yeah. got to get we let him de- decompress for a little while, and then we'll get him on the show. We'll probably call him up and say, "Hey, Rod, you want to be on the show?" He's like, "Who are you guys? What, mm-hmm. Jeff? What? <laughs> what? There's there's no Roger here. No, That's right. Scouting? You mean to talk about scouting? Come on. So what are we talking about? So. Well, you know, we talked about Roger and about the district executive position, and it kind of led to us offline having a conversation about, you know, volunteers um, in contrast to paid positions and the and the concept of scouting as a business. It's a nonprofit, but it is a it is a business. So, you know, we've we've talked about it. I feel like ad nauseum, three of us off mic. So let let's talk about it on mic a bit and. And how that business is run, uh, it's a very unique type of business for any of us who are in the the corporate world. You know, we don't have, I know at least I don't have volunteers at my office. I don't rely on volunteers to get things accomplished where I work. So, so that's a whole different model. And you're also dealing with a with a nonprofit model. So you're not looking to to profit off of your endeavors. You're looking to make enough money to to foster a program. And to improve that program, but you're not looking to profit off of that program. Right. You also don't have access to capital in the traditional sense as a nonprofit. Um, so you look for donations. Um, and yeah, so so it's, so so it's a somewhat of a different mindset in in that respect because people cannot earn there's no owners in a nonprofit obviously um so there's no one that you can pay pay them for their capital you're allowed to borrow money but you know the, the normal lending rules would apply uh, you need to be an ongoing concern and you need to convince a bank uh that you're worthy of uh of borrowing money and have a chance of a good chance of paying it back yeah, and I own my own business, small business, and I've been doing, I don't know, call it 20 years plus or minus. And I worked in corporate America uh, for uh, a while. And, you know, I just sort of struggle with the challenges that a nonprofit has versus a, what I'll say, a, a, a for-profit or a little bit more of a mainstream business. Because it just, the... You know, if I need more income, or you know, I can I can change prices and raise prices. I can I can cut expenses. I, I've got all these things I can do, and you know, the profit that we have, uh, if we have a good year, we can uh, bonus it out to our employees. Or you know, I as the owner, I can I can take a bonus. But if we take a loss, I take a loss. My my paycheck goes down, and I can borrow. I, I suppose I can go borrow, but then that's debt that I have that I have to pay a bank back. Um, and then I'm at the mercy of the free market. And I guess to some degree, the BSA is as well in competing products, but I don't know. It, it, you know, we say it's a business, but 
it's a business in a different sense than I'm used to thinking of things and running things as a, as a business. Right. Uh, but I found, you know what I found? I found the magic of the, the public documents available that you can look at that mm. uh, I've recently, <laughs> I've, I've recently found, uh, I didn't, you know, cause on a private corporation, there's certain, you know, pu- reporting requirements that you have to do in terms of corporate officers and, uh, your tax returns and things like that. Those aren't, depending on what you're doing, those necessarily aren't public documents, but all the scouting stuff is right, Jay. Yeah. I mean, your, your typical 501c3, which is internal revenue code for nonprofits, you have to file, if you have, have income over, I think, $50,000 a year, you have to file a tax return. The form of the tax return is called a 990. It's an annual filing. And I think in almost every instance, it's a public document. Um, and I think our council publishes it on our website. That's yeah, right. yeah, and that that's where I found it, which was uh uh it's, it's pretty interesting and it's you know you you look at it and there's some numbers in there that you just say, "Well, what what's that all about?" And uh, uh Jay, we you know we were talking offline if you if you really want to know, if you want to understand, you know, camp fees and expenses and uh who's doing what and where's all the money going, get involved, go to your council, ask the questions, right? Cuz it's it sure. is with very few exceptions, maybe some HR kinds of issues and things like that. That's there's no, there's no closed door stuff happening, right? At least in our group. Correct. There is not. I mean, our, our board meetings uh, are uh, open. Uh, Anyone can attend those Uh, as with any, our, our governance, uh, we're, we're governed by bylaws, both our local net, council bylaws as well as the national bylaws, uh, which are pretty consistent. Uh, There are financial um, guidelines that the National Council publishes. Our our finances are audited by a uh, public accounting firm every year, Um, and we pass our audit. There's seldom if any conditions placed on the audit. and we go through a normal budget process. We've got expenses, we've got income. Um, some of what we do is like a normal business in that we operate summer camps and we charge our customers for summer camp. And out of those that income, we pay for things like staff and food and uh, light and heat and fixing roofs, things like that. Yeah, well, and from what I can tell, looking at our 590, or 990, rather, 990, is well over two-thirds of our income is from camps and from donation, right? Uh, Grants and gifts and things like that. So that's that was pretty eye-opening for me. I figure everything's just running off of dues, right? But that's not the case. No, uh, dues, so... uh... Dues are somewhat of a recent phenomenon. Uh, quite a bit of this related to the Northeast because our traditional methods of raising funds from our families and the annual campaign, it's called Friends of Scouting, has not been as successful uh, over the last three, four, five years. Um, and to make up for those deficiencies, we've been charging 
we call it an operations fee. Some councils call it a service fee. Um, and it's significantly lower than you're going to pay for softball or YMCA or other comparable types of programs. But that's just one income source. Uh, when you pay your fees, registration fees, normally in a year, that's for the National Council, and that goes right to uh, National Council to pay their expenses. Uh, we've tacked on top of that recently. Uh, operations fees just to make up for some sh funding shortfalls and to give us a steady cash flow. So, and I'm looking through our 590 here, uh, Jay. Or, why do I yep. keep saying 590? It's I don't know. Because it's a 990. You, you like the number five? I the guess so. 590. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. But I'm looking through the 590. Yeah, I did it again. I'm looking through. <laughs> I'm looking through the 990. 990. Good. Uh, 150 pages of 990. By the way. Wow, that's a big one. Yeah, man. and and Jay, it's it's saying you volunteer four hours a week. No, no, an hour a week. No. What? Really? It says it that? says four. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Now I I gotta. I gotta. I gotta do more work. I guess. And that's a pretty. Because I thought it was just an hour. And that's a, a big. It, and, and it's a big salary you have here. It, it shows. Yeah. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, it says zero. It, you 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 are not mistaken. It does say zero. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's actually yeah. kind of interesting. Interesting to look through this. You you can see, you know, all the expenses. You can see the land. You can see the buildings. You can see rent and, uh, mm -hmm. it, it it it's, it's changing my perspective a little bit on the business side of the the way the council runs, right? And the product is, uh, the franchise is a BSA youth development program. And the product is this, uh, uh, growth for wonderful character development for our youth and, uh, for our youth and for our communities. Right. And, uh, it's, it's just interesting to think about it this way and to see the dollars and cents flowing around behind it. Yeah. And it, it, it's an interesting process. Uh, and if you, you, know, if you want 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 an eye opening experience? You know, come well. Actually, come to the annual meeting uh, next month. It'll be open to everyone. It's we elect officers that night, so it's open to all charter organization reps who are the voting members of the council. But you know, it's going to be a Zoom meeting, and you know, it can be any anyone uh, you know can attend. Uh, for that, there'll be treasury reports and membership reports. Um, 2020 was an interesting year. Uh, I can't wait for it to end. <laughs> Membership will be down. Finances won't look as good as they, you know, have been in, in prior years. Uh, not as bad as it could have been. Not as bad as some councils. Um, but as our scout executives say, this will be the year of the asterisk, where uh, nothing nothing is normal. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, it, yeah, it's uh. So you know, with regard to the to the business side of things, uh, there, how do they decide, or you know, what are the? I don't know. We may go down a rat hole here. That's not going to be the employees that get hired here and how they are incentivized, right? So your typical uh, district executive, let's use that one. Uh, you can look in here and you can see at least in general what the pay ranges are. Um, but how, how are they from a business perspective? Are there bonuses? Are these, do these, 
how how's that work? Do they get extra money if they do a good job, or is it is there a profit sharing model? Do councils have freedom to set these things up, or are they controlled by the BSA? Yeah. So um, for th there within the BSA employment system, as I understand it, there are uh, different grades of employees um, from different levels of seniority. So a district executive, for instance, is an entry-level professional position, professional being uh, college-educated, um, a commissioned representative of scabbing, requires certain levels of education and training. Uh, and there is a, gr a grade system in those you know, salary ranges are, I believe, adjusted also for uh, geography. And most councils, I believe, use those when advertising for hiring for new individuals. In most instances, there is a combination of performance bonuses, uh, depending on uh, how you as an individual perform based uh, versus goals that have been established, you establish and your supervisor establishes in the year. And then there also may be um, cost of living increases, uh, again, depending on what formulas or what's in the budget. Uh, I know there have been years where we have not done well and we have not had cost of living increases. But there may be, similar to a, a commercial business, there may be a, a merit increase pool of 3% for certain classes of employees, district executives, and possibly support staff, which are uh, more clerical administrative. And you know, people that do better may get a higher percentage, maybe 3%. People that don't do as well may only get an increase of 1.5% or 1% uh, in a year. So uh, a typical, typical yeah. corporate model then? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and you know, goal, goal setting is generally based on uh, membership and fundraising uh, as you know the, the, the key elements for success of a scouting program. Uh, so you know, it may be that district executive uh, is has a goal of establishing uh, you know eight new units, troops or packs or crews, in a year. They may have an objective to increase membership by one or two percent uh, over a prior year. They may have a goal to meet the, um, uh, to manage a fundraiser, to um, meet an FOS goal of, uh, I'll make a number up, $65,000 for a district. And, uh, you know, adequate maybe meet the goal. If they exceed the goal by 10%, they could, you know, get an additional salary bonus against that. It's not a commission because we're not. You know, we're not profit sharing as it were, uh, but there is uh, you know, expected goals as well as uh, you, know, um, goal, you know goals of excellence, I guess, as it were. So yeah, very much, Greg, a a, a corporate model, uh, as it were. And, and that's, I mean, that I think needs to happen. You're, look, we're all volunteers. We we do it for the. The, the love of scouting and I would like to hope that our, our paid employees also love the program and it's more than a job, but you still need to, to compensate people when it's their living and, and give them goals and stretch goals and things to, to strive for uh, and, and pay them accordingly for it. So that's, that makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. 
and, and we have to pay competitive wages because we are competing in the marketplace. Um, we have hired from and lost people to competing organizations such as uh, Girl Scouts, uh, such as other councils in our general geographic area, although we have an exclusivity for our counties in southwest Connecticut, but uh, you know there are you know, other councils surrounding us, so they're in some respects competitors for some of the employees, uh, but we have people that go to the YMCA. We have some people in development, which is the fundraising side of the house, that work for other nonprofits um, in the community or um, community colleges. You know, so you know, we you know, have very similar skill sets uh, for some of the roles. We run summer camps. There are plenty of people out there that run summer camps. So a camp director um, who is pretty well trained by the Boy Scouts of America uh, has a certain market value elsewhere. We generally don't lose people with that level of seniority because it takes a little while to get to a camp director's job. But occasionally we just hire, well, we may hire a waterfront director for summer and they may work for the YMCA the prior summer and they may work for a private camp next summer. So it's, you know, again, a business model. So we've got to be competitive in that respect. So it's, sure. it's a business. I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still engrossed in reading through the, uh, the, the 990s over here. 990. 990. Yeah. You got it right. You got it right. Almost, yeah, almost exactly. half a million dollars in popcorn sales, which that's a lot of popcorn, man. That's, that's a lot of popcorn. And that's a low number. I mean, a council of our size <laughs> Or to sell a million dollars on popcorn, and the popcorn model for people that aren't familiar is basically a third, a third, and a third. Uh, so a third of the gross uh, goes to the popcorn company to pay for the popcorn. Uh, a third goes to the unit um, for their share of the effort, and then a third goes to the council as an income item for fund, in effect, fund fundraising. Uh, as it were, our council adjusts the amount uh, that we give back to the units based upon certain goals that if they, you know, uh, sell extra, they may get an additional boost in their commission. Uh, if they meet certain deadlines, like turning their money on time, they may get a boost. If they come to the planning meetings and use a plan, uh, a sales plan, which is Salesmanship 101, uh, not just salesmanship merit badge either, um, then we may give an additional boost uh, for it. And part of that incentive is because history has shown that units that have a sales plan generally meet their sales goals, um, and everyone wins with that. Units that don't have a sales plan do okay, but they may not meet the same kind of goals. So we're willing to pay for that. And it's a win-win because we may get a lower commission, but on a higher base. I just that's in a normal year. Yeah, I, I just found a page of big dollar donors. This is all public information. This is really, really interesting. I'm not going to read yep. any names here on this, but it's on the it's on the 990. Like, wow, there's some, there's some. Uh, it looks like anything from ten thousand dollars and up has to be recorded. In this document, it looks like 
I'd have to read the rules on 990s, but correct. Yeah, it may it may either be your top 25 donor. I'm making this up. Top 25 donors or anybody over some dollar number. Wow. Under the uh, under. wow, there's some there's a lot of foundations here. A lot of uh, there's a city there's a city department of education grant here. Wow, this is really interesting. It's, it's just no, I had no idea. So for so for us, it was a million million three last year. Uh, last fiscal year in in uh, mm -hmm. in gifts and donations, public and private. That's really interesting. <clears throat> so and of, uh, and of course, to your point earlier, Jay, depending on the size of the of the council, that number can be incredible, or that number could be could be nothing. It just depends. Oh on right, the, no, the I mean it, it's all relative scale, right? So, um, you know, d where you are in the world, how big the council is, how many youths it serves, what's the geography, all that kind of stuff. So it's just uh, what I'm learning from all of this, looking into the, the business side of scouting is the private, the donations and uh, donations and, and camping in our case is a, is a huge chunk of the overall income side of this. It's really very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, the camping thing doesn't come as a big surprise. We, especially with COVID this past year with not holding summer camp, that, that was a big concern at our at our district meetings was the fact that wow if we're not having camp that's where the money comes from and we know that's where the money comes from so that's uh that's a pretty big deal for us and i would imagine for most councils for most councils it is we're fortunate in that we it cuts both ways we're fortunate that we own um all of our camping properties there are councils out there that own nothing and may get use of camps for uh, either state property or federal property, and that they can run their camps there, uh, and that they may pay a fee for. Uh, or some councils uh, may send their youth to an adjacent council with some kind of um, cost-sharing arrangements, and those are negotiable. We own our own uh, Scouts PSA resident camp. We own a number of other camping properties. One we run a, uh, a day camp operation at. We also have a roving day camp that goes from mostly camp properties, but sometimes uh, uh, town parks. Um, and for us, and you, you pick your camp in this where it cuts both ways is when you look at the 990, we may make quite a bit of money running a, a resident camp at summer. And we may run it for six or seven weeks. As we know, the camp is operating 52 weeks a year. We have rooms on buildings 52 weeks a year. We have a ranger that's there 52 weeks a year. And we have lights on 52 weeks a year. So uh, if you're looking to make that camp profitable, which does not have to be, then you have to charge enough in the summertime to cover all your expenses in the summer, as well as expenses in you know for 12 months a year um and if it's not made up in camp fees in the summer then you're going to make it up through other uh activities we also run 20,000 people a year in weekend camping which has an income element to it uh although as a general rule you don't want to price your activities such that it's prohibitive for people to go camping. Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. The goal is to get the 
the youth there. Right. Yeah. In fact, for, for summer camp and in the Northeast region, we're right in the mid range for summer camp costs, which I think is 420 to $450 yep. per youth per week. But we have a very aggressive campership uh, program so that if a youth cannot afford to go to camp, uh, we work with the family and with the unit to make sure that they go to camp anyway. And we do that through fundraising or through uh, or just general as, as budget items to make sure that we have enough to send, whether it's 50 kids or 100 kids a year, uh, to cover their expenses. Yeah, this is important. It is. And, and we always talk about that, that we, we never, we just went through the annual recharter and dues and all that. And that's, I mean, that's the lead line as the person who, who did that this year for our troop is we, we never, you know, here's what it costs, but we never want money to be an issue if, you're, if your child wants to scout and money's a problem, you contact us and we handle it. Right. And most units are able to afford that. Mm-hmm. Um, weekend camping is generally priced for tent camping. It's pretty economical. A couple yep. dollars a kid and maybe $20 for a campsite. Um, and around here in the Northeast, we're in, in after, usually after October 15th, we're the only show in town. You can't go to a town park or a state park. Uh, in normal times, uh, COVID-19 makes things even more challenging because uh, of this, either state or, or town rules. But our camps are open for camping, uh, again, as long as the governor allows that. And um, But in the Northeast, you know, quite, quite frequently, state parks are, or town parks are shut down because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boy Scouts run 12 months a year, so we, uh, weather's part of who we are. Yeah, we, we, we try and figure it out on, in those winter months, whether it's it's scout camps or, we you know, we, we throw an indoor event in there, usually in December or January. Uh, there's always a Klondike, you know, except except this year, <laughs> but yeah, there's usually a Klondike. Year. So, yeah, yeah we, we've, we've always been make, able to make that work in and around that lull, which goes from, you know, pretty much it's December through March when you can't get into usually through November and then starting again in April. The a lot of the the town and state parks are available. Yeah, in this part of the world. So you know, as I'm thinking about this, I thought this topic was going to be kind of boring and dry, and for some it is. But what I'm I'm having a little bit of an epiphany in a real time way here is when you start looking at the really very small amount of the operating income that actually comes out of pocket from the parents relative to the actual expenses. When you start looking at this stuff, if you, if you had to pay for this out of pocket collectively as, as parents and uh, it, it would be a lot of money. So we're really, really dependent on, on, uh, on, on, on donations on businesses stepping up. I'm looking at this, this major donor list here in our area, a lot of businesses, a lot of foundations, um, and, and, uh, those, those camping fees. So when you start talking about actual cost versus what you have to actually take out of your pocket, uh, it's pretty amazing. So the business side of this and the dependency on, uh, donated money 
either public or private donated through grants or, or private donations. Uh, that's, that's a huge part of this. And it's kind of eye-opening, actually. Uh, and it makes me wonder if you know, people really understand what it really costs to run these programs and how, how, relatively speaking, how little you actually do take out of your own pocket to contribute. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. When you, when you compare it, we know we've talked so many times that when you compare it to sports or d dance or some of these other things that are so expensive that we pay to, to send our kids to, and you say, wow, how can scouting do it so inexpensively? Well, they're not doing it expensively. They're just not, they're just getting the, the funding from other means. Right. My, I, I can pretty much guarantee my daughter's dance school does not have an endowment. Um, <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, that's the challenge, and and all of us have have made or received friends of scouting presentations, you know, for an annual uh, giving, and that's the the one time a year. It's a shame it's not more frequently where we can tell our story to you know scouting families, and and ask for you know financial support. Uh, as people are able to do that, and that's one of the components. But you know, we raise maybe eight percent of our budget through Friends of Scouting, and that's great. And in fact, that without that, we'd be in the hole every year. Uh, but you're right, going out for corporate giving, we did a um, Good Scout a virtual event last week uh, for Good Scout Award, recognizing some community leaders. Uh, in our area, and we raised just south of a hundred thousand dollars, and it was a lot of work. Um, you know, these types of events are always a lot of work, but it's even more challenging because no one's going to have is going to sit at the table of ten people with two hundred of their closest friends in a ballroom, um, and and give money. So we've got to do all the work up front. And that's it's hard. It's hard to do. And then putting together a keynote speaker virtually and then convincing people to, to show up and listen yeah. and contribute generously. And, and, so, and by the way, I don't think that was yeah. a very well uh, advertised, discussed event. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So I found I. And we still did. A, we still met basically our goal for finance and it was not well uh, advertised at the last minute. I, this makes me wonder that from a Friends of Scouting perspective, if because I've sat through many Friends of Scouting presentations and I've, I've given some Friends of Scouting presentations and I know how, how difficult they can be with the parents who, that, especially if they're at a court of honor, it's the last thing they want to sit through. And yet I think about what we're talking about here and where all the money is coming from and, and my tongue-in-cheek but very real comparison to dance class. And I wonder if showing, you know, here, here is how we run a scouting program, and here's the percentage of the funding and where they come from. I wonder if the parents understood just how much money is being gathered by other means and and how important those yearly donations are. I wonder if that would make it. I think it I, I think it would. And I, it just again, as I'm, and I'm, I'm, for those listening, I'm, I'm looking at data I'm real time here, and I'm kind of stunned that we don't talk about this more in a per percentage of cost kind of uh, 
uh, context. And we, we use, we use sort of high level words. Hey, it's expensive to run a program and most of it's subsidized, yada, yada, yada. And we use general terms, but I think maybe, I mean, there's, I think there's an argument <laughs> to be made for real, real world terms here, but look at the end of the day, I think the the whole per for, for those listening, learn more about the business side of how your council operates and even your district and learn, learn more about the business side of that. Cause I think it's going to be pretty eye opening, and I think it will, uh, uh, hopefully for the most part, motivate you to maybe get involved a little bit more uh, and learn more about it. Look, look up those nine nineties, uh, and ask questions. And it, there's a, there's a note in here and maybe it's required by law to have the note in, in the nine ninety. It says, uh, if you need any of the supporting information that builds this, just go ask, right? You can request additional information from your council. So uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. I think the more people that we had were aware of these details, uh, I think it'd be, I think it'd be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the challenge we have when we're trying to do our personal fundraising with friends of scouting is to convey the need um, to our families, to our friends in a pretty short period of time. I mean, I, I, I have my, my can presentation for FOS runs about four minutes and sometimes we have a short video and yeah. if you go longer, people tune out That's a good point. That's or good. they don't invite you back next year. Um, if you go much shorter, it's, you know, why even show so up? Yeah. Quick. That's a good point. Yeah. Although, although sometimes, I mean, I, I have the attitude that I know exactly where the money is. It's in people's pockets. I just have to figure out how to, how to get it out of their in their pockets into the envelope. Um, well, you do, and you, you know, it, it's it's awkward to ask, but sometimes you got to ask and pass that hat. You know, so. it, it it is right, and, but but it's right to your point is how, you know how how would you have an effective message to convince uh, people in the room that it's worth writing a check uh, to support scouting, and I'm usually pleasantly surprised how many people do contribute to FOS, but I've also walked out of meetings where I've got $50 and there were 40 people in the room. And I you know, had 20 people in a room one time and walked out with $2,000. And it's all over the board. And it's, and I'm not convinced it's me. I'm convinced it's the right time and, and people you know, had a connection. No, it is you. I know you're fishing for compliments and everything, but in all seriousness, no, no, no. <laughs> it, no, it's, def, it's definitely you, Jay. It's without, or, or it's the video that I showed you. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, hey, look, if you're new, go learn about the business side of the scouting. That's all I have to say. It's it, yeah. it's eye-opening and, and it's uh, enlightening, I think. Yeah.